listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next 30 minutes or so we're going to be talking about all things drink. got no food today, we've just got drink and I'm joined by my fellow presenter Holly Shackleton. Hi Holly. Hello. You alright? I'm good, how are you? Good, I'm good. I'm expecting you to be a bit, little bit of an expert on this today. Uh, this is my area of... Uh, yeah. see, and it's definitely not mine, so we're going to be relying on you quite a lot. And also my other fellow presenter, Ollie Lloyd, uh, who is the founder of Great British Chefs. Hi, Ollie. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, you're good. saying you're not good. an expert in this category? No, <laughs> non-alcoholic drinks, no. <laughs> no, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, what I'm really interested in, um, and we're going to talk to our lovely guests in a minute, I'm really interested in finding some stuff that I just can be inspired by, because quite often the stuff that's non-alcoholic doesn't do it for me, and I, I'm not a great fan of juices. You know, he's like drinking fruit juice doesn't, you know, when, when you get like J2 hours and all that in the pub, I just want to cry. Just, there's just no choice. Really. Mm, yeah, we're going to the wrong pubs. Mm, I must be. Yeah, well, I don't live in trendy Islington like you, you do. Know. Yeah, exactly. So um, the reason why I'm referring to this is uh, I've got two lovely guests, um, Laura Willoughby of Club Soda. Hi, Laura. Hi, how are you? Yeah, good. Thank you so much for bringing all these things with you. I'm hoping to inspire you. you, you I, I think you will. Um, and Chris Beach of Love Drinks. Hi, Chris. How you doing? You're going to teach us how to be nice and healthy. I am. Yes. After we've spoken to Laura. So Now, you, in front of me here, I've got um, a whole lovely range of uh, drinks that I hope is going to inspire me, non-alcoholic drinks. Laura, do you, do you want to talk about Club Soda? It's an amazing and really good sort of, I don't know whether to call it a campaign or a, a resource or how would you describe it? I describe us as a movement because we've got individuals, um, pubs and bars and restaurants and drinks companies in our membership now, all dedicated to creating a world where nobody has to feel out of place if they're not drinking. So a lot of that is about saying, hey, when I'm in the pub or bar, I don't want a really poor experience. Don't serve me a Coke out of a hose because that doesn't make me feel special. Absolutely. How about some of the new wave of alcohol-free drinks that are out there? And actually, we are at a time when there's suddenly this explosion in the market and there's some really interesting drinks. And, and I want it to be grown up. I want it to be tasty. Yeah, and go with food and not kill, yeah, yeah, you know. I, nothing worse than going into a really posh restaurant and asking what they've got that's alcohol-free. And the sommelier walks away from you. <laughs> and then you, they say, well, we've got Coke and lemonade. And I'm like, no. well, really? Mm-hmm. Does that go with your food? And, and um, Ollie, I know with your research, that there is growing evidence, isn't there, that people in the UK really are drinking less than they used to. That's not, that's not a perception, that's real. Yeah, I mean, the gin and tonic is still the number one cocktail that people drink. But if you look at the number of people who claim to not have spirits or alcohol in their home, it's now about 13% of the UK between 18 and 74. So that's a big chunk. And if you look at people who aren't drinking, it's over 20%. And by aren't drinking, what does that mean in your research? Agree with the statement, I do not drink alcohol. Full stop. So, full stop. So, I mean, and that's 18 to 74, so they're all legally allowed to. Um, and I think I think what's interesting is, is that actually that number increases amongst foodies. And I think that, you know, to your point, which is you go into a restaurant and you're given lemonade and Coke, the reality is is that there are times when one doesn't want to drink, you know, you're driving, whatever it is, you don't drink, 
you know, it, it is clear, and it has been the case for many years, that that sector is underserved. In the same way the vegetarian community is underserved, in the same way the vegan community is underserved. But actually, it's a much, much, much bigger community. And how much um, social pressure is there to drink alcohol, Laura, particularly when you're in a restaurant or you're out? Um, a lot. We're a very alcohol-first culture. And so it's still acceptable in the hospitality industry for you to ask for an alcohol-free beer. And the guy behind the bar goes, oh, what, like water? You wouldn't do that to anybody else. This is hospitality, guys. Come on. And so um, we still see this as an unusual behaviour rather than actually a dietary preference. And it may only be a dietary preference for today, but that's what it is. But but um, there are real corporate benefits here and business benefits if you if you get your head around it. I mean, according to research, uh, 1.4 million UK households bought low or no alcohol alcohol beers in the past year, and that's up 57 percent just in two years. Um, so you know, there's there's an opportunity to get this right. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't make money out of anybody who's drinking tap water in your restaurant, yet there's very... I've not yet met a restaurant that will upsell you from a tap water to something that you pay for. They've got targets to upsell you to another alcoholic drink. Um, and also, you know, lots of people talk about the margin on Coke being really good, but um, you can only manage one pint of Coke in an evening, but I can definitely drink four or five alcohol-free beers. So, um, and I will go back to a place that served me well. So in terms of loyalty, it's really important too. And that is one of the interesting things, which is, you know, if you think about drinking culture, you know, a couple will sit down and quite happily drink a bottle of wine of an evening or, you know, three or four pints in an evening. But actually, I do think that actually doing that volume of consumption of a lot of these sort of non-alcoholic drinks today, you're here to surprise us, has been, I would say, is quite difficult. You know, you don't want three of them. So I'm interested to say you actually would say that with some yeah. of these you would. But the most important thing is, is I will now always have a dessert and I will up my food intake. When I was drinking alcohol, I gave up seven years ago, um, I would never have dessert. So I will spend my money in other ways on other things mm. in the venue as well. So don't ever see me as not, um, spending as much and of course I will always pick venues with my friends to go to that I think serve me well so I bring four drinkers with me every time and so by making me happy you are making you're bringing a whole group of people into your venue I, I have to say I also think that the, you know if you look at the, the you know the countryside we are sitting here in the middle of King's Cross is that actually there's an even greater requirement which is that you know drink driving has totally changed over the last 20 years and you can't do what people used to do was drive back from the pub and so there's an even you know if there's a requirement in you know we're joking about Dalston here but in Dalston and Islington there's a real 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 requirement for the pubs in the in the countryside isn't there yeah and we're, we're doing some research we've got some research funding from the beer research and education fund and we're doing some research around drivers not only drivers in rural areas we're doing some work in Aberdeenshire looking at how tourists pick where they go to eat mm. because they all have to drive back to their hotels. But also um, looking at what happens in the city of London at the minute, if you were to go for after work drinks, but you decided that you that you you drive at the end of your commute home, all of those people say no to the pub. How do we get them to say yes to the pub? Because they know there'd be something for them to drink at after work drinks. It's not always going to be something that would stop them driving home at the end of their commute. So we we forget um, we forget that uh, after work drinks. We we always forget about those people who aren't drinking. I often go to corporate events where um, everyone else is being served really lovely wine and beer by a member of staff, and I get to serve myself some warm concentrated orange juice from the end. Oh, of do you the know bar. that drives me crackers? I mean, I have to go to these things, you know, two or three times a week, 
sometimes a couple of times in a day. And why is it orange juice that's the, that's the option? I just, 30p I a hate, carton. I feel special. I, hate, I just hate, hate orange juice anyway. Mm. Because you can't drink loads of it. Makes me feel sick. No. Anyway, um, Holly, uh, we went for, um, was it lunch? No, it was after after recording here, I think. We Cocktails. went to Dishoom, we, yeah, which yeah. is literally next door to here, which is terrible. Um, and we had some amazing mocktails there, did, I, yeah. I recall. And they were so tasty. Really, really good. Really, really good. And and to the point was, oh, I think mine had quite a bit of a ginger hit and all sorts of other things in there. And I was thinking, oh, there is no way I'm going to order an alcoholic drink when this is so good. Yeah. And it wasn't cheap. It was, no. You know, they're making good margin on it. No, but they um they score five on our guide. So clubsodaguide.com is a crowdsourced guide of all the best places to go for low and no alcohol drinks. We talk about low as, no, as well. And Dishuma, one of our top ones, they did a cocktail demonstration at the Mindful Drinking Festival this year. They are proud of their menu. And that's the difference when a mm. venue is proud of what mm. it's serving. When it can say to you, you know, we've got a beer here that's won a prize against full strength beers or we've got something that's local and made amazingly, then the products do fly off the shelves. It was an old fashioned, your favourite, but it was a mocktail. It was just, was it? Oh. it's fabulous. And I cannot imagine why I'd choose an alcoholic drink over that because it just gave me such a, an amazing hit which is what I suppose I'm after alcohol, really. It just gave me a, a great, you know, spicy hit, which was, it was, it was lovely and refreshing. Yeah, and also, it's it, you know, cocktails can be as well-balanced as, as they would be if they contained alcohol. Oh, yeah, somebody's taken real time to get yeah. that, that mixture right. It's still be well-crafted. Yeah. So you're itching with your bottle opener. Yeah, come on, then, Laura. It's it's so small, I'm not sure it's going to work. Come on, then, Laura. So, so um, Where are we show me what we've got. So we've got a, let's, let's start with this. We've got a mainstream Heineken... Alcohol-free lager. Yeah, you can get yeah. that in loads of places. I'm really now. sorry, but that doesn't. You know, I'm not. I'm not holding out um, much hope, which is which I know is unfair. But I'm going to try it. But if you didn't like Heineken to begin with, you might not like Heineken Zero. But I think the fact that Heineken have spent so much time to get an alcohol-free that tastes like their Heineken, then for Heineken drinkers, it's perfect. Mm. I also think it's really interesting that a mainstream brand has decided not to create something that is um, another brand and call it something different. They're proud to put their name on it. The same as you've got Ghost Ship from Adnams. Mm -hmm. Ghost Ship is Adnams, you know, um, signature beer. They haven't made it and called it something different. They've, they've made an alcohol-free version of their signature beer. And to me, that signals a change in the sector. That's an interesting branding dilemma, no, isn't it? I, and, and look, I think you're absolutely right. But I mean, that is, you know, you know if you go... I'm a laundry guy. I worked on Purcell in my first career. And, you know, actually, some of the You'd stuff... You'd never that, be able to tell the shirt he's wearing. Come on. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the fact of the matter is it's beautifully cleaned and washed in Purcell. Um, you know, actually... Tell me your wife. They, um, <laughs> they ultimately, um, you know, had to make that same decision of bio versus non-bio, taking out all the sort of, you know, the hardcore detergents of it and making it. So I think it's a brave brand decision, but it's the right brand decision. Mm. I mean... To be honest, the idea of recreating Heineken, is, for me, is just perverse on every level. But the fact is, there's a massive market on it, and therefore, you've got to, you know, that's what they do, and that's what they've got to make. Now, I really, really, really don't like that, but that's because I really, really don't like Heineken. That's fine. <laughs> um, it's not my type of beer. But do you know what? It, it hasn't got that horrible, soapy taste that often non-alcoholic beer does. That, that, that's I think that it tastes awful. like Heineken. I mean, I think it's, it's an impressive it tastes, display. It tastes like Heineken. To, to recreate that kind of flavour? Mm. Yeah, and it's it's really important because whenever you talk to people about an alcohol-free beer, they go, 
oh, I tried it once, caliber. Oh. And you have to say, that oh, was actually, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it, well, you can still get it. I can found you? it I can found it really? in a pub somewhere oh, wow. near in South London. But um, you can't judge all alcohol-free beers by the one that you try, particularly if it's a brand that you didn't particularly like to begin with. Yep. I sometimes say to people, did you like that alcohol-free beer? Oh, well, I don't like, I didn't like it. I don't like lager. Well, then don't have an alcohol-free lager mm, yeah, if you don't exactly. like lager. See, what I would say, my personal experience of the, the Adnams Ghost Ship alcoholic and non-alcoholic is that it's absolutely worked, um, just in my experience, because um, boyfriend's friends go to the pub after football, Ghost Ship is their favourite, um, and now they're very comfortable switching. You know, if they're driving home, they'll switch to a non-alcoholic Ghost Ship, and they, they don't think about it. And, you know, there's no... Um, I don't know, there's no banter about it. Like, they don't get teased about it because there is just a very clear alternative now. Are they not teased about it as a generational thing, though? Do you think a whole bunch of people in their 50s and 60s going out would might tease each other? Or do you think that's well, all they're, gone now? They're in their 40s. Okay. Um, and, they, yeah, they are just open to it. So it's, um, I know your research, Ollie, does, does point to more people of a younger age group not drinking than the older age group. But yep, that's true. It is a generational thing, but maybe it isn't so. Um, but but I also think that what so, we're you know if you look at mocked. the changes in the in the food world, food and drink world, is that people are becoming more in quotes culinary conscious, and therefore that is about reduction in meat, it's reduction in dairy, it's reduction in gluten, it's across the board, and it's all about if you if you dig in, you know, we'll talk about this in a few weeks' time. Dig into the drivers of a lot of this stuff. It's all about lifestyle. It's about lifestyle and, and what I'm going to call broad health. So I think that what's interesting is that, you know, it's not to say that I think the UK is going to radically change from being a drinking culture to a non-drinking culture, but clearly, like, we've been a very meat-heavy culture, we're becoming a bit more balanced in these mm. things. I think it's about balance, isn't it? I'm, 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 I'm sort of fine with the sort of cocktail and the low alcoholic beer, but I have yet to taste anything, and I do enjoy wine very much with food. I have yet to come any, across anything in terms of wine that... that, that, that has cracked it. So I'm I'm new to the drinks industry. I've only come into this through through having customers come to me saying we want better. And what I'm learning is is the wine industry works differently. It's a longer timeline. But I think new technology is also going to throw up some really nice surprises in the next few years around wine. And it may be that there's more dealkalized wines, but also just wine substitutes, which aren't designed to taste like wine, but definitely do the same job of pairing with food. So again, um, there is some education to do in this space, which says you are not going to get that hit from the alcohol that you particularly like because it hits your brain in a very different way. Sure. But if you learn to like these as drinks in their own right, work out that they're actually healthy, you know, next to water, the healthiest thing you can drink in the pub is an alcohol-free beer um, and see where it pairs with food and where it fits into your reward structure. You wouldn't drink these during the day at your desk in order to refresh. <laughs> no, that'd be That's weird. what your soda and your juices are for. But they make you feel like you're sharing an equal experience in your venue when you go out in an evening. And that's where they fit in. And so there's a little bit of education there to do. But for me, it's about feeling equally served. And we had we had the guys from um, Tom from um, Barajo come in, mm. and I remember he, we talked a lot during that session about the, the concept of the transitional drink. So the idea that you've been at work and you come home. See, I'm terrible for that. And actually, you have something special. And actually, because it's a transition from your working day. That's now finished. I'm now at home. That's yeah. you know, there's there's a there's a transition. And these all fit that in there. People are trying to make. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, a lot of it's about the ritual. Yeah. So, you oh, know, God, actually, yeah. we, I mean, we were drinking gin tea the other day, and I've, as you know, I've become kind of like a complete tea bore. And actually, the whole idea of, of a beautiful cup of tea made in a tea air, 
served the right way at the right temperature and like that oh. kind of... You know, we, I, we could do a whole programme on that. Yeah. That's been my f- discovery since giving up drinking. I've now got a £60 a month tea habit. And <laughs> it's really yeah, bad. No, no, it's probably but, more but, expensive. But, <laughs> no, but, it's, but it's really... Yeah, I mean, but what, so what, what I was going to say is what's interesting, I think, about this... So, so we're now drinking um, a ship full um, of IPA by Brutal Brewing. And this is um, this has only just become available in the UK. So you're, you're getting the first taste of this. I mean, what I think is interesting is I don't think... You could, if you gave me that... And I, I couldn't tell that's not an alcoholic. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I agree. This is a very beautifully made beer and we had it at um, Pub 19 last week and I think Jane Payton tasted it and said, you know, you know, game changer, this is another beer that's come onto the market that's absolutely beautiful. So Jane Payton is um, a heads up the School of Booze. She was uh, one of our guests a few weeks ago yep. um, and probably one of the leading beer experts in the UK. Jane says that's pretty good. That's um, pretty good endorsement, yeah, isn't it? It is indeed. Mm. Um, again, I'm not a great fan of IPA, but that is just I wouldn't know any different mm. between an alcoholic or a non-alcoholic IPA on this. But but again, we when we talked to the guys on the the meat-free burgers, you know, there's a whole debate about trying to create a burger that bled, that had the taste experience, that delivered all that kind of stuff. What both of these have shown, I think, you know, whether it's the Heineken, I'm not a Heineken drinker, uh, you know, I do drink IPA, is that both of these are what they are, you know, looking to, but without the alcohol. And that, I think, is really interesting. And, and all I'm saying is it isn't to my taste, but the alcoholic version isn't either, but they're so close yeah, I agree. That, that if you did like those, I think you'd really struggle to tell the difference. And, and that's come on a long way, because literally yeah. five, ten years ago, oh, horrible. Yeah, Horrible. and now you've got um, Big Drop here. Right, so I'm just which, tasting um, this. So I started doing um, I drinks. Do, ta- I do like a bit of brown ale, wow. Laura, so let's see on this one. Well, I, I started doing beer tastings for pubs at Pub Watches a few years ago and people would walk away from me when I said we've got alcohol-free beer and then I'd say, we've got this beer that won silver against full-strength beer in the World Beer Awards and suddenly people would stop and turn around and then when you've got products like this, it's a game-changer, I think. And so Big Drop... Now all available in Tesco's and all bar ones and loads of craft beer bars. What do you think? Now, I like brown ale or, or darker beers because I quite like that malty, slightly chocolatey profile. This has got a milky, slightly chocolatey, beery profile. Boom, hasn't job it? done. <laughs> but it has though, hasn't it? It has. I mean, it's not a mm-hmm. big, it's not a it's big, not a big malty, massive mm-hmm. hit. No, but... but 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 that's the style of the, I mean, I don't think it's trying to be that and not being that. It's just... I mean, it's an incredi- again, it's incredibly drinkable. Think, what do you what do you think? Uh, I think I prefer it to the IPA. There you go, I do definitely. But that's my. I taste. would have bought the stout, but we get that flies off the shelves. Yeah, sure. and... But where are we getting? So where are you buying these? I mean, we're not or you are buying these. Where where can the public buy this? Because I think one of the issues is availability. Definitely. Yeah. So we there's a couple of things. To, um, all the supermarkets have upped their game on alcohol free. Tesco's more than anyone else. So you can get actually. Their craft beer in the alcohol-free beer section is amazing. They've got Infinite Session, they've got St. Peter's Without, they've got all the big drops, um, they've got Piston Head and so on. So there's actually a whole load of beers in there. And now um, we've launched our guide, clubsodaguide.com, which um, the public can nominate great venues and also great shops that they found that have got it. But nearly all of the craft beer bars, I find, Draft House have got them all in. Green King have now got kombucha behind the bar and are bringing in some more alcohol-free beers. Um, Speckled Hen, they've got Speckled Hen mm. as well, an alcohol-free version. So suddenly it's it's made, it's made the transition actually from there being nothing to something has been quite rapid. 
Um, and if a venue hasn't got something right now, then be a demanding customer. Yeah, say, say that you don't want be passive. It. Mm. Holly, how are the independent retailers doing it? Because I don't want this to sound like we're being very, very um, urban and city centre orientated um, because I, I don't think it is available in all sorts of places, actually. It, it just depends where you are. And it's definitely getting much better. But yeah. let's not just talk about London. Let's talk, let's talk about all of the, you know, the farm shops and stuff. I can't recall them having huge, many of them having huge selections. No. And yet it's a real opportunity. It really, really is. And to be honest, I don't know whether they're kind of staying safe with it. Um, so I would say that independent retailers, they feel comfortable stocking premium soft drinks and you know premium soft drinks with a hint of juniper or something like that because that's familiar and they know that people will buy it but in terms of kombucha like it's a massive you know there there are a lot of brands producing that at the moment um that independents can stock they are supplied to independents but i think it's one of those things that they haven't quite got the confidence in yet and if they if they um come go onto your site uh, the club soda site can can it give them the information that they need can it can it can it you know, get their knowledge up, which I think is what they need. Yeah, we've got over 600 drinks on there, all separated by category, which you will recognise. And um, next week, we do an update where all the retailers go on. More importantly, as the wholesalers, they're actually the gatekeepers mm. in this space. I've been learning. And um, I really want to give them a rocket and, and say, right, you know, stop stop messing around. Stop saying to small producers they need to have 75 pallets worth of product to get it out there. This There is consumer need and you're stopping the consumers getting it and, and forcing me to drink really awful drinks. I'm not happy with that anymore. So we're going to try a couple more drinks that you've got here. Bef um, while we're doing that, can you just explain exactly what Club Soda is and your website? Because it's an amazing website full of resources and, and you can go through different programmes um, if it's something that you're struggling with. Can you just explain what, yeah, what we're so trying to do? It, it all started because I wanted to create something that was a bit like Weight Watchers but with booze for everyone who is in the category of drinker that I call a bit of an idiot like me and so we've got our members we've got 30,000 members there some of them are cutting down some of them are taking um, a, a month <laughs> off drinking and oh, it's one of my favourite drinks you can't do okay, that okay okay I'll come back to that in a minute <laughs> do carry on and um and some people are going alcohol-free and some people are are, go, are, are are just exploring. And that's where it all started. But our members are still people who want to go out to pubs and bars and restaurants, which is where our interest in researching around why pubs and bars didn't have a greater range of drinks. Uh, so, I'm sorry to cut across you, but, but but that's one of the issues to try and cut down is, well, I can't now go out because I'm, I just can't put myself in that position because I don't really have any options. And what you're trying to say is we're giving you these, these tactics, if you like, yeah. to allow you to still enjoy your normal life. You know, don't yeah. have to cut your social life out in order to, to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I want people, instead, when someone says to you, do you want to go to the pub tonight and you've decided you're not drinking, most people's response is to automatically say no. I want them to say yes. I now go to the pub more now that I'm not drinking than I did before. Most people are drinking at home. This is, I, I'm passionate about our social spaces being there for everybody and having something for everybody to keep them alive and vibrant you know this is about um you know catering for our diverse population and so that's where all of these drinks come in and so the guide um which has been populated by our members is about providing that resource so people can find up to 600 alcohol free drinks they can find where they're stocked and we can begin to share that knowledge and you've got an eight week online course yeah, we do an ad course called Mindful Drinking and we're building something um, particularly for people who work in hospitality to change their drinking habits because at the minute there is a, there's very few resources for people who have got that experience. Mm. This is 
so the sh- tell me about the shrub that you you yeah so we've just so, been drinking shrub which is the one that i coughed at because it yeah. wasn't quite what i expected <laughs> i needed to have warned you yeah um it's a bit uh, i'm 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 an i i was a cider drinker a right. good cider drinker so i love this product it's a it's um based on the prohibition soda recipes from the 1920s it's um basically a drinking vinegar so it gives you that vinegary bite <laughs> that's where i was struggling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And that's why you get the vinegar. But um, Mustafa, who makes these uh, uh, shrub, is just, uh, he's made some beautifully crafted drinks and they taste amazing and they're complex and they go with food and they give me that nice sort of um, bit of baseline of cider. I'm, that's you see, what definitely I really not like me. I'm terribly sorry. Really I'm like sure there's other is, things that he does that no, are amazing. No, 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 but but I, no. What I like about it, I have to say, when I taste it, it's a bit like, whoa. You know, but, but I expect, imagine the first time you tried whiskey. Right yeah. now, the thing about when you try first whiskey, a bit like what? What on earth is that? But that's got a sort of that has a massive flavour profile, but it definitely it, it is like you are drinking something. And one of the problems for me with water, which I do drink quite a lot of, I don't drink water. No, do, it's bad for you. Is it kind of you know? It's very monotonous. This is this this hits you between the eyes every time you drink it, but in a way that I find really interesting. Chris, have you tried it and, yet? And more yes. important. What do you? Sorry, to, uh, Laura. What, what what are you thinking? You're a drinks expert in some respects. I think it's um, <laughs> it, it's nice, but it is really sharp. And in, when you said vinegar, you nailed it. It's, yeah, it's that kind of. Um, but it's also sippable. You know, you're not designed. It's not designed for you to drink very quickly. It's designed with you to to drink with a meal and and be sippable. I but I think I it's a heavily over ice. I mean, I imagine yeah. this with a lot lot of ice. Mm-hmm. What's the so obviously one of the other things is what's the sugar content of these kind of things? Um, really low. Um, so um, slightly higher in natural sugars. Um, I'm not sure about the kombucha, uh, the shrub, so much, but um, um, they're, they're all. Um, uh, but an alcohol-free beer's got three ingredients. It's got, um, you know, it hasn't got any added sugar, and so that's why it makes it such a healthy drink. Kombucha obviously is made with sugar to begin with, but that's for the scoby, not for you. So by the time the product gets to you, it's very low in sugar. I'm not so sure about the the shrub, um, but definitely all of them come under the sugar tax threshold. Oh, um, do they? But let's. Um, uh, I have very strong views about how the government should take VAT off alcohol-free. Um, drinks in pubs to reduce the price and to deal counter the sugar tax in venues um but you're you're also looking at a drink don't forget alcohol spikes your blood sugar levels like sugar so although actually alcohol is very low in sugar it's it's tripping your blood sugar levels all evening which is why people often have a kebab on the way home and then eat tons of crisps with the hangover the following day you you crave the carbohydrates no no, no did, was it just me? Hey, I've not had a Kentucky Fried Chicken for seven years. I'm feeling very proud don't, of myself. I haven't had a McDonald's don't. for 19. <laughs> Same wow. here. Don't do so, that stuff. Um, Holly, what, what, what are you thinking about shrub and both and uh, kombucha? I haven't tried kombucha. the kombucha yet, but I love the shrub. Do you? I <gasps> absolutely love it. And this would be an amazing transitional drink. Kind of this would, I'd get home, from, genuinely, I'd get home from work and I would pour myself a glass of this with lots of ice, and I I love it. But I would say, Put on I'm Marie one of Kondo. those. <laughs> yeah, tidy up the old. Hey, you know. hey I'm a millennial. <laughs> I, I can't keep apologising for that. Um, but I'm one of those people that drinks apple cider vinegar. So I'm quite familiar with shrubs anyway. So you drink apple cider vinegar? Apple cider vinegar. Last, I, I, last I, week it was baobab. This no, no, no. Week. I drink apple cider vinegar because it's very good for your health. So yeah. do you do that? So I'm used to that sharp. But I do that in the mornings. No one can do that in the evening. Do you, do you actually <laughs> drink it in the morning? Wait till you up. Yeah, yeah. Have a tiny bit of that. Yeah, you have a tiny, you have like a couple of tea, well, a teaspoonful. 
Yeah. With water. I don't. Yeah. I have it just on its own. I know you shouldn't. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to, but with water. But you're hardcore. Yeah. Mm. You, have you not heard of that? Yeah, no, I do. I, so no. good for you. I, I know, I know people do it. I just haven't <laughs> met those people. <laughs> just met one, Ollie. Nice it's, me. Met it's me. It's oh, me. You yeah. just met me. It's, it's delicious. And I, I'm always a designated driver. Um, and it always used to be just a chain around my neck. Um, because, you know, you'd be going out for a meal and you'd always just, if... If a restaurant had a kind of locally produced cordial that you could have with soda, then that was that was a good thing. Um, so the more items like this come on shelves, but, I'm a happy uh, girl. But as the editor of Speciality Food magazine, you really, I'm being horrible here, yeah. you've really got to try and help, I think, the mm. independent retailer try and work out some amazing alternatives that, that for them will be um, financially viable. You know, they're going to yeah. get the sales and, it, you know, it's not going to be dead space on their shelves and stuff. And, and I think there's a, there is still quite a lot there's of... There's a huge education. Communication, yeah. education and it, to be done. They need the confidence in it. Because, and confidence, yeah, yeah. to, to, to realise that some of these things are incredible. We, and, you know, people will have beer tastings or, you know, they will not think twice about having that in a mm. shop as a little bit of experience. Don't do it with non-alcoholic stuff, though, do they? Um, uh, well, we've we've done some. We've done stuff in Mother Kelly's, and and the I must say the beer sector is very um very up for this, and so actually we get very good response everywhere. We go, we're happy to do beer tastings anywhere and drinks tastings. If you tell people you're doing a tasting of all the alcohol-free botanical gins and spirits, you get a big crowd in. Mm. Um, and so um we can def and we're doing some resource materials around how to 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 sell and upsell in some of this space as well. Um, and and show people where that opportunity is and learn about the product. The minute you start thinking about it as a fake alcohol and not as good drinks in their own it's right, thing in its own you, right. you, yeah, lose, yeah. you yeah. lose the ability to sell it. And these, these are not fake drinks. They're all good drinks in their own right and they fit into that transition space. And so this this last um, drink we've got is um, real kombucha. And I, I, I particularly like kombuchas that are made with teas, um, rather than flavoured And for anybody who doesn't know, just explain what kombucha is. So kombucha is a fermented green tea drink. It starts out as a very sugary brewed tea and it's made with a, a live organism like uh, called a scoby that sits on the top and that slowly eats the sugar and, and ferments the drink to create, again, what I would always describe as my alcohol-free scrumpy cider. I love having this with um, some really good strong cheddar. It's got a nice slightly cloudy yeah. look to it as yeah. well. And uh, you're now getting this in bars and you're now getting it on tap across bars and not just in Trendy Shoreditch. It, a lot further afield than that. You know, Goes Green King. Dalston. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> Green King, I've, I've got kombucha in and... Um, I'm seeing it on the menu in lots of places. And so, again, you can come out of the pub healthier. It's a live product, this. Yeah. Chris, um, moving over to to your your um, drinks that you're making. So, Love Drinks, which is spelled L-U-H-V. Now, you, you've gone further than this, in a way, in, the, in that, you know, uh, Laura's just saying you leave the pub feeling healthier than you went in. Um, you, you're on a mission to actually get uh, a sort of dollop of almost medicine, I suppose, and healthiness in a in a bottle, aren't you? Yeah. Have you got anything for us to taste? We have, yeah. Do you, Laura, you need to taste this because it's, it's you know, as, as an expert, I think that would be quite interesting. He's got, he's got shots as well. No, no, I always like to do it. He's shot. basically passing yeah. around what looks like a medicine. So, so can you can you um, explain, Chris, while you're, you're passing yes. these round, that plant-based so, you, is really important, but, you know, why you started it in the first place? Yes, I think, um, following on from what you were talking about with non-alcoholic options and people can have something more interesting to drink, I think... When we started Love, it was about what do the ingredients actually do? What's the difference between this ingredient and this ingredient? Why is this synthetic ingredient better than a 
than a natural ingredient. Is it better? So it was a real kind of journey of discovery to try and find out how ingredients work. Um, and the best way we found of doing that was biomedically breaking down natural ingredients and seeing what they did. So we worked with King's College London as a research partner and we found out exactly how all plant-based natural ingredients work. Um, and then when we took the research, my background is in drinks and making drinks, so it seemed like a, a natural progression to just move across and make some recipes. The one you've got in your hand now is designed to wake your body up. So it's all ingredients in there that will work at just giving your body a kickstart. So the, the idea behind our brand is we have drinks with purpose. So we tell you what it does and how it works. So all your drinks, um, the way they're branded, um, that this one says awake um, and you've got other things. You've got other drinks that says heart. You've got another one that says skin and you've got another one that says mind. Yes. And that's because you've been working with the guys at King's College really trying to create a drink that is good for your mind and your heart and your, your skin. Yeah, I think when people... Here we go, Ollie. This is the one for your heart. There we well, go. I'm now so awake that I'm... Oh, no, like, you've just drunk the awake I'm shot. I'm standing on no, the ceiling. Now you can have a bit of stuff for your heart. And give them a good shake because yeah. the natural ingredients, they always settle to the bottom, sure. which always confuses people because they think it looks rather... So I've got my heart drink here, 100% natural and obviously plant-based and all that. What's in here? Why, why is this good for my heart? Because the, the research that we carried out, a lot of the ingredients that looked at cardiovascular health and heart health um, actually go across the board, the, the board, sorry, to work on different parts of the body too. Um, but when you put these ingredients together in a certain recipe, they're all very, very good for cardiovascular. So we named the drink heart. But it means it's good for your exercise as well. It's not necessarily just in case you have a heart condition and you're trying to, to look after it particularly well. It's about the function of your heart and how it works in everyday life. Um, that tastes really nice. I really I, like that I, one. I say, as, I, as I drank that, I thought, I'm waiting for this to be disgusting. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's, that's really, really nice. nice, isn't it? It was like, it was like a moment. It, it's, it, I should say, it's a sort of, it's a pomegranate colour, but it's sort of... But you I, tried I that. You should try that, Laura. Hmm. Try it, try it. It's really lovely. It's, um, I think the thing with this one is... is it's nicer than kombucha. Sorry <laughs> Is beetroot is a really difficult ingredient for anyone to really get behind. Yeah. Like you either really like it or you don't. So trying to taste like mud. Yeah, I mean that's a fair assumption with that because it's a very earthy ingredient. Yeah. <laughs> so what we tried to do is mix it with some other ingredients that again are good for your heart, but help mask or kind of promote different um, parts of that flavour. So it comes through in a different way. This drink actually got voted by 16,000 people, the best drink at a show at Food Matters Live last year. So it was kind of, for people I think that really, really enjoyed beetroot, it was a, wow, this is a new beetroot drink I can enjoy. And for people that didn't, it was like, oh, wow, that's it's a not, drink I can enjoy. It's not heavily like. uh, um, beetrooty, though. It's got a nice um, sort of citrus edge. We, we, I mean, I think, I mean, I've tried one other beetroot drink before, and I think you, if you don't put something in to lighten it up, mm. it does become really kind of heavy and earthy. Mm. Yeah. Well, this one is pure cacao, red grape, blueberries, apple, and beetroot, mm. which is probably one of our simpler uh, recipes, actually. Most of them are quite complex with about seven or eight ingredients in them. It's what I'd call a nice glass of red. Yeah, <laughs> good. It actually. It tastes, it does it's taste nice. It's got, a, it's got a, a consistency to it that's really nice. And a mouthfeel. Viscosity, yeah. Mouthfeel, mm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's one of the drinks... I think because it's in a bottle as well, you, it's kind of designed to be drunk out of the bottle. So the more you drink, the more it coats your mouth and the more flavours you get from it. Um, I think coming from a drinks background, it was very important for me to not just say, look, guys, this is super healthy, drink it. And people go, like you were thinking, this is not going to be very nice, but I know it's healthy. And rather than go, oh, actually, that's really nice. I like that. 
Yeah, you've got you've got to get the taste. Of yeah, that, massively. I think. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Um, I mean, this was voted uh, shortlisted for best drink 2018. So that's the awake shot. That's the awake shot. Yeah, we've done well. Our mind won small producer of the year award with the uh, quality food awards as well, and that's another drink from our Love Your Body range, which is what Heart sits in. And where can people find these lovely healthy drinks? Well, at the moment we're a startup, so we launched last year. Um, we we are going to be selling online come, I think it's April we're launching. We've got a national listing starting with the co-op later on this year. Um, we're going to hopefully be going into Ocado and we stock a couple of head offices around here. So Google's head office is going to be taking us there. Their campus takes us. Um, it's more of a business that we've sold to because it was, a, I guess it was an easier approach to kind of test our product see what people thought, get feedback um, before yep. we went out to the public. So very, very, very sensible. Um, so if you are interested in having a good old look at some of these incredible non-alcoholic drinks and, and uh, incredible taste profiles that, that, that range from all sorts, don't they, Laura? It doesn't matter what your taste is, you'll, you will find something. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. Um, you need to go on to Club Soda. What's the website address? Uh, if you go to clubsodaguide.com. Clubsodaguide.com. Now, on that website, it's um, an incredible website and if you are thinking you know maybe I, I i need some help to work out some tactics to perhaps cut down on my alcohol consumption or or i want to give myself a break for a little while or i don't drink and i want to be you know i want to be with the lads and um you know be very very sociable um you need to go on there there's um there's a mindful drinking movement Yes, that's what we are. And we have a mindful drinking festival. We even did one in Glasgow. So if you can do it there, you there can do it you anywhere. Um, there's wow. the online courses, which, which are great. And and I think the what I found on the site really is is you're trying to help people achieve their own drinking goals. You're not you're not um you're definitely not sort of demonizing drink and you're not trying to say this is how you should do it. You're you're setting out a whole bunch of resources to help people with whatever it is they're trying to achieve yeah and, and it's, it's not preachy all about at all. choice no it's not preachy it's very, and so very and the watch. ultimate place for you i mean i'm, I'm putting you on the spot here to, to find these kind of drinks you said tesco's is doing a good job but if you want to go online and get stuff where are you yeah if you go um to wise bartender or dry drinker um you can get um you can stock up on mixed cases of all these different drinks you can even use a discount code which is club soda vip there you go have a little look uh, but you're definitely beginning to find them mainstream now. And I think the important thing is, is to ask bar staff, you know, don't just go, I love a lime and soda, which is always a compromised drink and is is a sign that mm. no one expects anything better. Go and say, right, what why have you got that's you? going to amaze me? Why haven't you? And why haven't you if they mm. if they haven't? Holly, are you going to be doing a little bit of focus on, on speciality food at some point and trying to... Yeah. That sort of education message out because it's a massive range, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, massively. And I am a big fan of all of these. I'm, you know, I would absolutely be buying these products. You know, when if I could get hold of them locally, then I would say. So, there you go. There you go. So, um, thank you very much to Laura Willoughby, Club Soda, and also Chris Beach. Love drinks. Good luck with that because I know it's early thank days for you, but, you. but the taste profiles are great. And, it's good. Uh, We've had great feedback and yeah. some cool brands that are. And there's some really good um, research behind it. I know you spent a lot of time and money getting getting that absolutely right. Yeah, well, we focus on the recipes and the science to it, and then we work backward from that. Absolutely. So you've been listening to the Food Talk Show. Uh, we're on lots of different radio stations across the UK and further afield, and you can also download our weekly podcast from iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Spotify, and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you to my fellow presenters, Ollie Lloyd of Great British Chefs, it was good, wasn't it? It's very good. I've very, I mean, very enlightening. N- nice. I feel. I feel nicely challenged. Do you? 
<laughs> Good. Not just by me for a change. No, no, no. no Maybe no. it's not a Negroni this evening. <laughs> exactly. Um, and Holly Shackleton, who's editor of Speciality Food magazine. This is just your type of programme. I'm so happy right now. It's because yeah. you're you're going to nab lots of these to take home. I, I can tell so, yeah. on the track. <laughs> on the track. <laughs> on the track. Oh, yeah. Um, and if you want to recommend any future guests, someone doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, please get in touch with us via Twitter on at Food Talk Show, or if you want to listen to any of our hundreds and hundreds of podcasts now, go to foodtalk.co.uk. Have a good week. Bye. <laughs>